Good morning. This is a joyful day because every day should be a joyful day. And really, if you're not approaching every single day to look at something magical about it, then an entire re-examination needs to be done with, with your life and with my life. And I really, really think that this morning. As I'm going to a job interview for a job that I don't want, but I compare it compare taking that job that I don't want against not having some of the huge priorities in my life. The main one being independence, having my own place with Jack, my son there. Being able to put him in bed every night and wake up with him every morning. And even if his mother has visitation with him 35% of the time, the rest of the time, will be every every night, every day. And that's a huge priority. That is what my soul needs. It's, it's what feels fulfilling and rich. It's something to work for. So if a job will provide that, I will be thinking about taking it. I will be really tempted to. And on the other flip side of that is a job like that is not what I want. A job like that is not what I know my talents are for. There's a, uh, a very specific way I want to live my life and that's to use ideas to help elevate and to help share love. And one of the first goals of that is ending racism completely. A movement that brings us all up together to eradicate this idea that we formerly thought of as hate against people who are of other colors than us. There's a whole new way to, th to think about people of different colors and races and everything. And we have much too great ability with our, our mental capacity to reduce massive fundamental, uh, fundamental, fundamental functions of the brain that we should understand a little better than to think that there is simply this disease called hate. Um, In a quarter mile, turn left. Hate. There's not. There are, there are functions of the brain that we should understand better and functions of social interactions that we should understand better, of ego, in order to dismantle this hot button thing, this what we call racism now. Turn left. In the future, we will not think of it as racism. We will, we will have a different way to describe what we now say is oh, continue straight racial problems we will say something else that's what I want to get to the bottom of and share and, and bring a new understanding about in a it's quarter mile to, turn right onto Virginia 10 West it's going to probably be a 
new understanding of poverty and it's going to need statistics about who is impoverished and turn right onto Virginia 10 West how many people are impoverished for example there are things that are continue on Virginia 10 West for 37 miles that you can hear around these here deep south parts but the same people that will say like oh you know I'm not getting a tip look at that name seriously this is something that occurs every single night at Domino's these people are are um, that I'm working with most of them are white um, but some of the people who are African-American black the black guys will say as they look at the ticket where is this pizza going to and they will look at the name and if it's something that's really typically a black name they will say they will roll their eyes and say I'm not getting a tip um, so is that hatred is that stereotyping isn't that the same thing as saying um, as saying the last time I went to Walmart I got eggs that were cracked I'm not going to Walmart anymore or something that's just a shortcut of thinking and sometimes people are wrong about those and it's it's not a matter of hatred it's something that we need to, to stop grouping in with with that level of thinking there is a different thought process that that should be called and it's not something that should piss anybody off it should be grouped in with with something else because the last thing we need in this society is, is more feelings that there is hatred when when there's not if um, if there are if there's animosity between people we don't need to make it seem like it's it's bigger than it is we need to shrink our our think thinking about that so those same people that are rolling their eyes at an african-american sounding name will not hesitate one moment if a different african-american person walks into the store and says hello but happens to look welcoming and charming and and uh, you know like a respectable person a member of society so it's whenever you think somebody is not a respectable member of society that's what that's where the hate and the animosity comes in and so it's the grouping it's the grouping of when somebody can't really speak well, that has nothing to do with them being African-American. It has everything to do with them coming from a poor family and that family coming from a poor family and that family coming from a poor family. And the statistics of that in the South are alarming. They are alarming. And that's what we got to focus on because Grouping and stereotyping shortcuts are not something that is a problem. What's the problem is how many people of a certain skin color are in poverty.
and that's what I want to focus on. Hey there. And that's going to be one of my main goals. And not only should be my main goal, thank you, but a goal like that is something you... <laughs> I, I should... I keep thinking today that once you commit to something like that and studying it, I guess, I mean, does that mean I want to be a professor? I don't want to be an academic. There's other ways you can do that. I mean, I don't need to be spending time learning about... I guess I would like to convince other academics by being able to document... Uh, some real studies, some real funded uh, research in a way that sounds better than my bumbling and stumbling sometimes. Maybe that's the way to go. Who's, who's to say that the whole time I cannot also... also... do what I want to do regarding... Uh, holding runs and sit-ins and Tai Chi and YouTube videos, sketch comedies and GoFundMe projects and tra the travel projects that I want to do. Could I do that as a professor too? I think I could. GoFundMe. So I love, I love, I told Jack this morning that I love him. And I tell him every single day, multiple times every day. But I told him, and it, the look in his eyes of like an understanding, like a calm understanding, I love you, I love you. It seems like he just soaked it in a little bit today. And to leave him all day, know that I may not even see him until tomorrow. That is what makes me think, hey, I can work this job eight hours a day, hacking away using my talents for nothing but uh, trivial problems of, uh, you know, rent rent income versus expenditures versus uh, maintenance costs. Ugh. I mean, it's a blessing to be able to do that, but when your mind is, is so excited about the potential of, of new ideas and evolution of the spirit collectively it seems like such a waste to not do those projects and instead to, to like compute and facilitate a massive financial projects that has built a, an apartment building and then to just be the kind of the button pusher of making that property keep its value by renting the apartments out and maintain its value uh, by 
firms that have so much money that they basically have enormous like five-year projects simply to to spend and, and hold the money in that way so that it's not sitting as cash someplace and the value of it just is a little removed like in, in spiritually <laughs> it's like just a little it's like a, a yeah, it, it is spiritually fulfilling to be able to, to buy enough milk and, a, and have an apartment. But one, that's all you're going to get. So the freedom to travel as much as you want and the freedom to really expand is usually not there until you've been at the same like company such as that for 10 or 15 years. And... Like I said, we have bigger problems in this world and I want to make this problem of racism be one that we don't have anymore. A new understanding. And the understandings of that how flat the world is or how the, the whole universe is on the back of a turtle <laughs> or um, that the explanation of things even. So maybe that... If a wise Indian grandfather has some younger kids and some teenagers and even his, his own son, his grandchildren, a couple generations around the fire and he's explaining how the certain god of the moon rides his, his uh, he has a wolf and he rides that wolf and, and the wolf has one eye that's a moon and there's some some deep in, insightful meaning behind how this occurs every night and how sometimes the wolf winks his eye and the moon becomes smaller as which is we know is a, a, a waning moon there are there are stories in mythology that who knows if they were really truly taken literally I would imagine that it does it doesn't matter if the Indian chief really thought that there if you went up in in a tall enough tree to where the moon was that you would actually encounter an enormous furry wolf with moon eyes I don't think he cared if that was true or not it gave meaning it, it, it helped them shape how they wanted to think it and appreciate what was occurring all the time to paint their world in a beautiful way. And we need to paint things in a beautiful way. We are not doing that. And this can be done in, in a way that is, hey, look at what, what humans are able to do. Look at our minds. The same thing that we think is really, really bad is actually a function of something that's pretty advanced. And what's even more advanced from that is understanding it and then living a life of love, taking care of each other. And there's so much more I can say on that if I have enough time to write and elaborate and pull some, pull some studies together. But just like mythology once believed, when it, if it was believed, and then 
we don't think anymore that there was a that there's a flat earth we don't think anymore that um, the stars are small places in a large sky we, we know that they are very very large uh, balls of, of gas and, and fire and energy and they are light years away and who knows if someday we will we will figure out that that's not true but the thing is there are, there's understanding that can be completely changed modified and that's what I want to do through through some systematic ways of looking at things and reframing of things if, if the individual can reframe his mind and find an awakening then so can the collective and there's not a whole lot of people that I think were really truly dedicated to that from a place of love because so many of the times we, what, who we hear about it are professionals and I guess that's one I'm, I'm uncovering something right there is if that's my profession not only do I lose credibility in my own eyes because that's what my stance is is that we need to stop listening to professionals about this and start listening to the heart and more and more hearts need to open about it and maybe that's my thing right there I gotta be able to do this not as a profession huh that's special special but I do need the time God gave me eight hours of I don't know is, is eight hours a thing that God wanted us to do every like with our our vocation or our occupation it's just what we've kind of agreed on but God gave us waking hours in which to do to appreciate his world and affect the world and when I think of a computer and rent income and vacancy loss and marketing costs and maintenance costs it makes me pretty not excited it makes me pretty bored I guess I would try to make it be funny. I would watch a lot of TV and uh, try to relate to people who are also in that 9 to 5 grind. What am I going to do? Dun, dun, dun. This episode of Ethan's Notes slash Will I Publish This as an episode is called What Will Ethan Do If Offered This Job? And it might all be a moot point if I show up late because of the multitude of, of uh, problems I kept on coming into that made it take about two hours to get ready for a simple job interview. And let me break those down for you. One, my mother-in-law needs, there's only one working shower in the cabin. The other, the downstairs shower doesn't work yet. Um, so I have to wait for her to get done in the, in the bathroom. And, you know, she's, she's a very well put together real estate broker and she, she has her regimented and I, and I get it. Like when a, 
a woman has to put herself together for the work day and all that interaction with all those people, she's got to be feeling perfect. It takes a while, it takes some doing, and um, she's got to do every part of it. And I don't want to say, hey, can you stop doing what you're doing and go do that in front of a small mirror somewhere else? Not your own like little vanity that you like. So I, I kept on waiting for her to not get in not uh, be in there anymore and then I finally said all right screw it I'm gonna use this downstairs bath and take a bath <laughs> so here you have a grown man trying to take a bath and I need to find some gas soon or else we're gonna have problem number 10 as I just drove by another rebel flag flying woo rebels that's another thing I'd like to diffuse is I mean one people Take down your rebel flags. And two, if you don't, it's it's a rock star little desire to be to be a rebel and and those people have this whole train of thought about how I'm not racist at all. I just wanna do what I wanna do. And so well, that should be understood and that should be like, let's leave that whole damn thing alone. I'd love it if people took their rebel flags down um, but I'd love it even more if you know we just didn't care about that it is kind of a signal of what type of person or what type of uh, issues you care about in your life perhaps what type of music and, uh, and things you listen to signifiers of small things um, signifiers of small things this flag is a signifier of small things. Like what politics I care about. The fact that I care about politics. The fact that I like to have guns. The fact that I read about guns. The fact that I read about people who have guns. The fact that I read about people trying to take guns. That, that rebel flag says a lot of things that uh, I would imagine are true. Just knowing who I know who has them. What was I saying? Uh, I was describing why I may be late for this job interview. The bath. I had to take a bath. My shaver ran out. I, I usually keep a pretty, pretty scrubby face. It's clean cut looking in person, but it's technically pretty scruffy. It's like a, one of those five o'clock shadows. I think it's great because it doesn't look like I just shaved and it looks kind of like I trimmed it a little bit. So it's kind of like the modern, somebody told me that it's the modern man like scruff. It's, uh, these days, it's okay. And I'm like, oh great, I don't have to buy razors. It's just a quick shave with my electric shaver. But that electric shaver completely failed today. And so now I have what's too much scruff, which is a couple days longer than I usually let it go without trimming. And I had to like just hack away at it with these little dollar store razors that I keep around only usually for my neck, right? And so it took, I don't know, 20 minutes to shave and trim, whereas normally it would only take a couple. And uh, another thing was I wanted to heat up my coffee about three times this morning and every single time this microwave would uh, heat it 
for 30 seconds and I would feel it and realize, wow, that's not warm at all. It didn't work. And then try a minute and then the same thing would happen. So I probably burned 15 total minutes on that. And the other thing that happened was uh, not a problem, but an amazing gift that my son Jack woke up a little early this morning. So he was there before I, I went to, to this interview and I got to see him hug him and kiss him and laugh with him. So, we'll see. What will Ethan do if, if uh, offered a job? Man up, Ethan. You don't want a Game of Thrones night and a donut morning life. Woo! We got problems in the world. Need to focus on the real ones and remove the petty ones. We can do it. There's so much potential.